And welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and I have some host, co-hosts here with me that I'm going to introduce, including a special guest. But first, let me introduce my regular co-hosts. This right here is the person you just heard singing, Mr. Scape White. Hello, everybody. My name is Scape White. Uh, I am a cat. I'm gray. I am awesome, as well as you heard on the song, Totally Cool, okay? And uh, that's good. Yes, that is good. Thank you for that. And that is a song, that song that you just heard is a song that you Made up on the spot 100 episodes ago, and now we've recorded a full version of it. What do you think? I'm impressed by myself, frankly. Well. (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't been introduced yet, but Scape, I think you did a really good job. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. If I were grading you on that, I would give you an A+. Oh, (laughs) Dad, did you hear? He's not grading you. I mean, he did technically just grade you. So he did grade you, but it's a grade that doesn't count. It's not on your transcript. I might even give extra credit if I were grading that. You can't get... Edit, how can you give extra credit to the assignment itself? I would give, I would grade the assignment A plus plus, and then just put extra credit on the side. That doesn't make any sense. He didn't do anything extra. He just did the assignment. Where do you put the overflow of good stuff on a score? That's not how ex- extra credit. I don't think you know how extra credit works. Extra credit goes on to the main grade. It's not on the side. No, I would say, all right, you got an A plus plus on this, and it was so good. When I give your main grade, I'm going to put extra credit on it. Isn't A plus the main grade? I mean, on his final year grade. But you're not grading him. No. I mean, again, you just did grade him, but it's not on his transcript. No. But it's A plus. But it's so it's you so useful. It could be a theme for any podcast. A plus. Your song could. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, that's a really good point. So it's not even about my podcast. So it's not. I should. I was flattered, and now I shouldn't. Be. It's about everyone's podcasts all over the world. But if every podcast is special, then none of them are special. That's a paradox. But yes. Well, okay. I haven't introduced you yet, and I'm still not going to. Next to me okay. here is Mr. Rory Sinjin, who is a regular co-host of the show. Yes, I am. A reg- Thank you for introducing me. Not. Cutting in line like some people might do. My name is Roy Sinjin. I'm an extra historian. I run the Queen's Institute for Extra Historical Studies as governed by the Queen of England. And I am an extra historian, as I said. Thank you for, thank you for that. Now, more importantly, more importantly, thank you. Yeah, well, because he's, you're on every episode and he's special. But more importantly, our special guest, you've heard his letters on recent episodes of the podcast and he's a good friend of the show, Mr. Charles Berman. Hi, everybody. That's him. Yeah. Uh, me. Tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, oh, uh, I'm a guy. I uh, am the guy that has been writing all those letters. And uh, recently I- Well, not I, all. Though. I mean, we've gotten other letters from other people. All those letters that have my name signed at the bottom of them. Right. I've been writing. I, I'm i I'm a big fan of the podcast. And I I wrote some of the stories that you heard on the podcast. Both- so, so Sometimes. Both the original Welcome to the Waxwork stories sometimes yeah. and- some of the new ones, yeah. The current, so I, yeah. I've been putting a lot into the into the the podcast too. The market machine, I sacrificed a lot for that. Well, the market machine, as you know, is dead. Yeah, yeah. Replaced. Well, you know what? Before we actually get into that, no, I, I would it, love to talk about that. Uh, you actually wrote us uh, a letter this week. Yeah, yeah. No, I did. So why don't you give read that for us? Oh, I don't have that. I sent it to you. Well, no, but I figured you sent it, so you should read it, right? I mean, but I. I I sent it to you. I don't have it. You don't have it anymore? No, I sent it to you. I gave you the letter. So you're going to be on the show and I'm going to read it. I, I, you have it. I gave you the letter. I don't have the letter anymore. Well, I have. Okay. 
All right. I was going to read it. Why wouldn't I just say it when I came? Well, but I don't. Well, that's a good question. I because we didn't know you were coming. But it just seems silly for me to read it to you when you wrote it to me. You're not reading it to me. You're reading it to the listeners. But why? Okay. All right. I'll I'll do it. Uh, this is a letter from Mr. Charles Berman. Oh boy. To me, uh, it says, "Dear Jordan, I have to say I was a little disappointed in the abandonment of the market machine idea, but I think the morality machine could be even better. I mean, the morality machine will still recognize the market machine as a good idea, right? So theoretically." Every time someone does something against the market machine, the morality machine should bring us closer to Armageddon. I don't know if you thought of that, but it sounds like a great bargaining chip to get people to accept the market machine. Come to think of it, it is probably a great way to make sure people fall in line with the morality machine, since supporting the morality machine is moral. By opposing it, they would be bringing about the end of the world faster. Now, Charles, should I respond to you now, or should I uh, wait till the end of the letter? I mean, usually you read the whole letter. All right. All right, fine. Anyway, I guess it was a good think it says that i got a job a while back now i i was it was a good thing i thought of it was a good think a good think oh okay i guess it was a good think that i thought of that i got a job a while back now that the market machine is out of action but i haven't been able to get much work done because the office keeps closing so people can go volunteer at the soup kitchen which is pretty silly because all of the volunteer positions all seem to be completely occupied there a lot of fights have been breaking out over who can give more to the poor but only a few people have been killed over it so far. Now, so I want to re- I want to respond to this, but there's well, more letters. You can, well, you can stop the letter. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell you how to run your podcast. But I should read the rest of the letter. Also, are you guys sure Rory isn't the one writing these weird notes? Because the last one had a check for him. No, a check from him for $800 with a note that said he's dangerous. Use it wisely. Weird. Well, I want actually, I want to comment about that. No, no, I got to finish the, I have to finish the letter. Anyway, here's some radio serials. I hope everyone enjoys them. Interesting fact, the Slam Jackson episode I am including was actually written and recorded before any episodes of Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten. Charles, that's your name. Yes. Okay. Now, as we usually do, respond in reverse order. Yeah, as, as, a, as a co-host this week, I think that was a great letter. Do you like that one? Yeah. What do you like most about it? The... It's it's like choosing among your children to pick a favorite part. That's what part the letter's letter. like? Oh, I thought you were saying that's what the letter was like. And you like that. All the parts of it are so good. But you you go first. Okay. Um, interesting fact. Slam Jackson. Cool. We'll keep that in mind. Um, am I sure Rory is not the one writing those weird notes? I don't know. But let's turn to Mr. Rory Sinjin and ask him. Rory, have you been writing those notes? No, I haven't been writing those notes. Don't be ridiculous. You, you, there was a check from you. Well, it wasn't from me. That's what I'm saying. It said Rory Sinjin and your address and your phone number well, on the don't, check. Don't read them out on the podcast, but... So, okay, I'll put it away. But, yes, yeah. whether or not it, it was a check from me, it was not from me, if you see what I'm saying. Someone is defrauding me. Someone is stealing my checks. There is a sign. It's signed. What's it signed? Right there. It's signed. My name? F F R and it's crossed out, and then it says Rory Sinjin. Well, really? that's not, I didn't write that. I did not write that, I swear. And somebody... If you didn't write it, somebody was faking your name. That's what I'm saying. Yes, somebody was faking my name. Charles, do me a favor. Yes. Can you tear that up, please? Uh, this is $800. It's, it's, but it's not $800 that you are supposed to have. It's my $800. You, are you telling me you wrote me a check for eight, $800? No, I'm telling you I did not write your check for $800. Please tear it up if you would. I, uh, I, let's not do this on the show. It's going to make a bad sound effect on the show. It's going to make a crinkly noise in the, in the microphone. I would very much like to hear that sound, if you would. Hold... Hold on, I'm just gonna. Are you trying to get another piece of paper to use instead? Why do you think? Why do you think I would be doing that? Okay, I'm ready to tear it up. All right. Is that a check? Are you? Sh- it sounds sounds a lot like a check. To it me. sounded like a long tear. It sounded longer than a check would be. 
was it was a big check. They, I didn't have any big checks. It was a, I, Rory. I, it's a, it's a radio show. How did, how can I prove that was a check? You have to say I swear on the the fact uh, that the morality machine is listening to me right now, and if I'm lying, the world will be closer to destruction. That's what you. Have Rory, to do. it's it's not moral for you to give me eight hundred dollars and then take it back. I did not give you eight hundred dollars. It was not moral of someone else to give you my eight hundred dollars. You see, but if you're it would be moral of you to return it by ripping up that check. You're, that would be right, but if you're lying... I'm not. It sounds like he's telling the truth, Charles. It, it kind of does, yeah. I mean, I know you need the money. Rory, this, I know you... And in fact, I know you yeah. need the money a lot more than Rory does. Idea. Yeah. That's not fair. It's, it's my money. Yeah, but Rory, don't you think it would I, be more moral of you to give it to someone who's needy like Charles? Because I just got this... Then they've been closing the office. It's hardly been open at all because of the, the morality machine. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I, but Rory, I think it would be moral if you let Charles keep it. Well... I mean, are you saying you think it would be moral like, you know, it would just be nice of me? Or you think it would be moral as in you program the machine to make me give him $800? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say I... Listen, it wouldn't be immoral of you to not give it to him. So I don't think the number would go down if you make him rip it up. But I think it would go up more if you gave it to him. Well, that's not fair. Charles, what do you think? Well, I I mean, it, you're, you're probably right from the sound of the way the morality machine works. I mean, I, 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 it wouldn't be moral of me to to tell you what to do, or you know, you know to tell you to, to give away money or something. I mean, that that wouldn't be moral either. But just it sounds like, from the way the morality machine works, sounds sounds like Jordan's right. I mean, he 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 programmed the morality machine. Yeah, I did. All right, fine, fine. Keep my eight hundred dollars. You know, I'm made of money. Apparently, you know, I I I get to pay Slam Jackson to do things. I get to, you know, I get to give money away to people who, for no reason whatsoever. I did not give you that check, and I did not say he's dangerous, and I don't know who's dangerous, and I'm, and I hope you do use it wisely because that's the moral thing to say. But well, if this is, if somebody was writing it, if it wasn't your check, then it's it's evidence too. So don't you think you should give it to the police? Then it's immoral to destroy it. But then you can't cash it either. That maybe the police wouldn't care, and they'll just say, "Go, that's your that's your check." I don't well, know. That's up to say. the police. That's not up to that's, me. Yeah. So all right. Well, I guess a, I guess it's up to the police, Charles. You're going to yeah. go to the police. No, I. Maybe I'll go to Slam Jackson first, though, because he's what? how's how's he's Slam on the Jackson? case. Or he's he's already on the on the on, on helping Rory out. Maybe I should. So you're gonna pay him to tell you whether or not you can keep the check? Oh well, maybe I maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I'll ask the police. I mean, the, you 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 made the morality machine. What what's most moral? Sounds like the most moral thing would be to go to the police. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't go to the police, I mean, of course. Listen, here's the thing about the morality machine. Yeah. Everybody still has free will. You don't have to go to the police. It's no. just the most moral thing. So if you don't, if you if you keep it, well, that's being greedy. It'll go down a little bit. But hey, there's a lot of people in the world. There's a lot of people in the world. If you there, cash it yeah. on a good day when everybody's being nice, yeah. hey, help an old lady across the street to the bank and then cash it. Well, this is this is our private finances, though. We shouldn't, you know, this is a we shouldn't. Yes, it's my private finances, mine, mine, mine. It's my money, you know. So it's really my private finances. Right. We shouldn't get to reveal all, all of Rory's private finances on the show like this. You know? That's true. That's true. I'm sorry, Rory. Well, yes, I'm sorry, too. Good. Okay. Um, so then we're fine. Uh, anyway, going backwards again. Market machine. Um, soup kitchen. People getting killed. Listen. Listen, Charles. Listen. Yeah. This is not... You got to talk to these people. This is not wise of them. As I just explained to you, we all have free will, man. Yeah. You can... I'm sure... Did the government set up... A place where you can get the number yet? Again, I, I give the number to every government on the planet. So I'm assuming the U.S. government has set up a page where it allows its citizens to view the morality index at all times. I've, I've never seen the number. Well, okay. Well, the number right now is at 2,708. Is that so, good? Yeah, that's all right. It, okay. Again, it was lower last week. Oh, I mean, I'd like right. to get it so higher. Good. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'd like to get it no, hired. I, yeah. Well, that's. I think that's why they were closing the office to go to the, the soup kitchen is just so they could volunteer and make well, the. Of course, but you know what? If they're killing people, if they're fighting, they're bringing the number back down, man. They're bringing it back down. Everybody's got to just behave normally, man. Just behave normally and just try to be a little bit nicer all the time. How about that? Well, I think they're trying to see who can be the be the nicest. But there's no there's no competition. It doesn't. It they, does. They, they they got pretty competitive though. The machine does not keep your individual personal morality recorded. It just keeps the whole world at once. Oh, and oh, and also let me go back even further. Does the morality machine want to make the market machine? No. Here's why. But isn't it moral to make the market machine? Hang on. Okay. It's not anymore because it's not necessary. Because pricing something in a greedy way excessively is immoral. It'll just bring the number down. Oh, okay. The, it includes the market machine. Yes. The morality machine makes the mor- market machine unnecessary. It's, it's, it's like it's got its own mini market machine inside it. Yes. Yes. So if people are paying unfair prices, if people are paying, I mean, if people are charging unfair prices. It's immoral. It's immoral. Brings the number down. And this way we know every unfair price in the world. No, 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 no. No, we don't know because it doesn't, again. Can it see everything in the world? It can see it, but we can't see what it sees. It's but we not, isn't the people that support the, the machine. No, because we can't, I can't, even me, I can't access the machine and find out what was done that was immoral. We, like, we, the, the machine and us. If you mean the machine and not us, yes, then we. I, you know what I mean. So the machine, you like, mean? Yeah, yeah. Not us. No, I know. I can't see it. Like, the machine would have to show it to me, but... No, it can't. That's what I'm saying. It can't show it to you. All that stuff is private information. There's why, no why invasion of privacy. I'm not, I'm not looking at it. What, Good, because it's not going to show it to you, so... No, I, I didn't ask it to. What's what's the big deal with... It's because, again, everybody got up tight, remember? Invasion of privacy? So, this is not chill out. This is, but no, but it's not an invasion of privacy, because it, it's it's seeing you, and it's yeah. seeing everything you do. So, now it can see when you're when you're charging unfairly, right. and we can use it to stop them. No, we can't we, use why, it. Why shouldn't we? Then, look, if somebody's gouging and we can find out about it, then we can stop We can't gouging. find out about it. We can't find the, the, the What it is, is everybody is responsible for themselves. If you're gouging, you're bringing the world closer to and destruction. We're responsible. You're responsible for building a machine that doesn't let you fix things going wrong, like somebody gouging. No, you have to fix yourself. Everybody's responsible for themselves. If you're gouging, then you're bringing the world closer to destruction, and you're going to be responsible for not, the whole world blowing not, up. But we're not stopping a gouger. No, the gougers got to stop themselves. That's what I'm saying. So or else they're going to they're going to help the world. Anybody? Everybody is allowed to help each other. What if I saw a killer killing on the street, and I shouldn't get in the way of it? No, then you can stop. Well, don't get in the way; you'll get killed. But you can stop the killer. Look, okay, look. Oh, what if he doesn't have to stop himself? <laughs> Only okay. All right. In it, uh, the machine won't tell you that people are gouging prices. But if somebody is gouging prices and you see it out in the street, like if you are witness to something, you're like, I'm going to go buy a phone. And they're like, yeah, yeah, this phone costs $100,000. You can be like, listen, that's an unfair price. You're bringing us closer to world destruction. So why shouldn't I use the machine to do that? The machine is not going to tell you. But why shouldn't we make a machine that does? Then the world will be better. No, we can't do that. That's an invasion of privacy. <laughs> That doesn't if matter. you want, what you can do is you can – I can – okay, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can make an app, like like an app for a, a cell phone uh-huh. where it's a, it's the morality machine lookup app, okay? Now, uh-huh. it's not going to access the morality machine, but what you can do is you turn on the app, you show it the behavior in question, and it goes, here's what the morality machine would think of that. That'd be great. There you go. I still don't know why, why, why we shouldn't just be able to use it to, to see everything. It's an invasion of privacy, man. So – it's 
why would you do something you don't want people to see? That's a I you know what? I agree with you. I agree with you. Privacy is kind of a means of keeping people immoral. But I know that people would be upset, and I'm not here to upset people. I'm here to protect everyone by threatening to destroy the world. They would be more upset if they were got so immoral that the world blew up. They wouldn't. They would be dead. But the second before, if they found out they were about to die, they'd be so upset. The second before, well, they probably wouldn't find out. I mean, it, 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 listen, if it ever happens, it's going to be fast. Yeah. So do you, you don't even really care if the world blows up or not? Do you know, I have been sitting here absolutely aghast at this entire conversation. Because, Jordan, you are you are being the most immoral person present. Thank you, Rory. Well, no, why are you thanking him? That's a mean thing to say. Well, thank you because he's supporting me that I am being more moral than you. Well, okay, yes, that is – but I don't think he meant it as a compliment to you. I think he meant it as an insult to me. And, Rory, that's rotten of you. I, it's totally moral to make the morality machine because I am keeping the world good. It's the threat of the, you know, the No, threat. you're not. You're, you're not keeping the world good. You're just looking at whether it's good or not. If you wanted to no, keep I'm the not. world good – I'm not if looking. You, you're letting the machine look. Right. If you wanted to keep the world good, you would look and fix things that were going wrong. No, that's not how it works. No, I'm keeping the world good by saying it's called the threat of the, the, the paddle. I'm saying if you guys aren't good, everybody dies. All right. And then it's up to everyone to, to police themselves and each other. It's up to everyone to police. So, yes, if you see a killer, stop that killer. Because if you see a killer, they're probably crazy because they are sitting there killing, even though they know it could make them them die, too. It could. So you should Even stop before them. the machine, it could have made them go to jail well, or the electric chair. Sure, sure. But now, it even aside from them getting caught, they might just make the world blow up and it would be their fault. And if I see someone that has the power to, to make a machine that lets them stop all the killers and they're not doing it because they think privacy is more important than the world. No, there is no them. machine that can stop all the killers. The morality machine is doing the closest thing we can get, which is making people scared of doing things that are wrong. Why don't we just build a lie machine then? A what? Why don't we just lie and say we built a morality machine? That would be immoral. Everyone. That's a terrible thing to even suggest. I, I was being sarcastic. Okay, good. Like I was saying, you built a machine, but what good is it if we can't use it to, f to find the people who are being immoral and stop them so no. we raise the morality level? Charles, you're barking up the wrong tree, my friend. Okay? okay. The morality machine, if well, you built a fake morality look, machine. Needle. What? Is the needle going up or down when I said that? Dude, it's 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 reacting to every single thing being done on Earth at the time. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's constantly wavering a little bit. You know, it, you can't yeah. pinpoint an action because everything is being done at once. Okay. So, just like everybody votes, everybody's going to follow the machine. What? Everybody votes, right? No, not everybody votes. Why not? What do you mean, why not? Some people are lazy. But it's important to vote. Like, it... it it changes, it affects the whole country you live in. Why would you be lazy about that? Rory, do you know what he's talking about? I'm no longer American citizen, so I can't vote here. Do you, did you, do you vote in England? Well, I don't live in England, so I don't see a point. But isn't it important? Lots of people do live there, though. Yes, but I'm not one of them, you know. Well, so you don't have any, what I'm saying is, yes. voting's important. So if you vote for a crazy person, lots of bad things could happen, but lots of people don't even vote at all, because they think... They're Are you asking me enough. if the morality machine will encourage voting? Because of course it will. No, that's not. I'm making an analogy. I don't get it. Because if you tell people, oh, it looks at everybody in the world and there's six billion people, people will say, oh, it's it really more important if everybody else is moral. It doesn't matter if I'm moral. Then if, if, if enough people say that, it'll start dropping, it'll start dropping, it'll start dropping. Yeah, but that's – and sometimes bad people get elected too. Like maybe the world will just blow up because enough people will think everybody else is a problem. Yeah, that's possible. So we need to – be proactive. Well, yes. Okay, that's true too. So we need to look in the morality machine no, and find. It's programmed to stop that. Listen, if I tamper with the morality machine now, it's going to blow up. That's uh, so. I get you should have built it in a way that we could do something about it. But I, I didn't. 
So, but you got, but you're right. We do have to be proactive. We have to all be good. We have to, everybody has to do a little bit of good at all times. And we have to, if we see somebody doing wrong, not just a little bit, you have to always be doing a lot of good because the machine can see it and make up for all the people who are doing bad. And you have to make up for the people who are doing bad. And you should stop the people who are doing bad from doing bad. If only we could see them. If only the machine would tell us. Why do you need a machine? If I see, if I punch somebody in the face, if I'm like, hey, Rory, yes. And I go, Ow, why did you do that? Charles, was that the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do? You just punched him? Well, I slapped him. Yes, it hurt. That was, that was wrong. Okay, so you don't need the machine to tell you what's right and wrong. You already know. But if I was in the other room, I wouldn't know you did that. And I wouldn't have been able to be here to stop it. So you just have to pay attention. Well, you didn't stop it. So I, You moved quick. Well, but my, that's not the point. The point is you were able to see the action and judge it for right and wrong. Everybody knows what's right and wrong. And you know when you're but doing right and you know when I'm doing right. But we can't see every action. So you just have to judge what you see. That's why we should be able to see stuff everywhere. That's so we can so we can say when people are trying to not support the morality machine and stop them. But if you could see what everyone was doing, then you would have unfair advantage over them. To do the right thing. But it would be an unfair advantage to do the right thing. It would be fair because nope. I well, that was just arbitrary. But I said no? Yeah. Why would it be unfair because if I have yeah. everybody else doesn't have that same fairness. So sh- give it to them too. I can't do that. Why? Because the machine is programmed, and if I tamper with it, it'll blow up the world. Build another machine that would also blow up the world, but gives us the is, is exactly the same, but lets us see other people. Why would we want a second machine to blow up the world? If it's blowing up once already... It won't blow up a second time. Right. But if either machine blows it up, it blows up. But this one would blow it up first. It's already activated. Besides, don't you think one... building a machine to blow up the world would be kind of a wrong thing to do? No, it's the right thing to do. If it's the morality machine. Right, but we've already got why the morality you, machine. Why would you have done it if you thought it was the wrong thing we've to do? We've already got a morality machine. What do we need a second one for? It to would be like, what are you doing? It's a morality machine 2.0 that lets us find when people are being immoral and fix it. I just told you I'll do the app. Oh, that's kind of good. It just lets you... Listen, if you want to take it upon yourself to like seek out bad doers and stop them, that's fine. It's not going to make you any money unless they people start paying you for that. I mean, I guess like the police get money for that. So join the police. They do bad too sometimes. They better not. They're going to blow up the world. You've heard police brutality. Sometimes they're brutal. Not since the market machine, man. I mean, I haven't heard about any. There might have been. Yeah. I mean, I've like these people that were trying to give to the porch, they people got trampled and died. Well, that's listen, that's immoral. Yeah. So they shouldn't have done that. No, they they shouldn't have done it even before the market machine. But even after it, they still did it. Well, they shouldn't have. I know. So if the market okay. machine could have stopped them. It the morality have. machine. The morality machine could have stopped them. It should have. It didn't. It couldn't stop them. There's no way for it to stop it was them. Built, it was built because it was built that way. Yes, it was built the right way. Look, I don't know why you want to invade everybody's privacy. Because they're using it to do bad stuff, and it's going to blow my world up. It's going to blow up their world too, friend. That's why they need to look out for themselves. But they need to look out for other people because other people might blow their world up. Fine. So look out for – okay. We're going around in circles now. Yeah, that's true. I think you get the point. I think you get the point too. Yes, because I, it's my point. My morality <laughs> machine. So I'm glad you're on my side though with this. Well, with the morality machine, yeah. Good. It It's the only way to make people be moral because otherwise they would have to just do it because they want it to be moral. Yes, this don't you think that's enough? Obviously because not everyone is moral. Not everyone is moral now with the morality machine. Well, this way we'll scare some more people into being moral. Right. Yes, but is it working? Don't you think there's another way to get people to... You're threatening to blow up the world. I live on the world. I don't want to die. Then be good. I am good, always. There, you're helping. I've always been good. Then you were always helping. So then why am I being punished? You're not. The world is still here. Why am I being threatened with punishments? Because sometimes 
other people ruin it for the good guys. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Rory, you don't always do good. That's not true. Uh, you lie to people. No, I don't. You do. Are you telling me that the morality machine is programmed to think that my occupation is immoral? Well, I mean, I didn't specifically program that. But again, like I said, everybody knows when they're being good and when they're being bad. So this is not fair. I, I I don't know because Rory, sometimes it seems like that people people pay you. Yes, and then then you just tell them what they want to hear. That's the service. But but that's that the service is just you they you pay to hear what you want to hear. Yes, but anybody could do that, Rory. Why no. are they, why do they have to pay for that? No, that's not true. I could do that. No. I could say nope, 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 nope. I could say free what you want to hear. It's not gonna it's not gonna be as good. I'm an why? artist. So just say I'm an. Say very artistic what you want to hear. No, th- listen. You're it's, s- it's called extra history, all right? You know, it has a purpose, and when people pay me, I fulfill that purpose, all right? Now, does that you, purpose need to be stated outright? No, I don't think it does. So you're you're kind of admitting that it's it's just kind of to make people feel good, just to hear what they want to, you know, what they want to hear. Do you have a problem with people feeling good? Not not as a matter of principle, but you should be honest about it. Just it be is. upfront. Who does, who's not honest? I never say it's not about making you feel good, and people do feel good. Well, I, I'm glad you're... You're you're saying this now. I never heard you say that before. Say what? Say that it was it was. It's mainly just you know to make people feel. They paid him to feel good mainly. Isn't everything about that really? Well, not always. Sometimes people read books about sat like wars and the Holocaust. People read about that. Not but to isn't feel it just good. to feel good. Do you don't don't you go to the doctor just to feel good? So I'm no, like a doctor. Sometimes sometimes I go to the doctor and I think I'm going to feel bad because well, I feel like I might be sick and I think oh well I hope they don't don't tell me that I'm really sick. But, but I you want them anywhere. to make you feel better. But they, okay. So, but are you saying you're a doctor? I'm saying I'm like a doctor. Yes, my service is much like a doctor's service in that respect. My point is, just because I'm saying yes, I, the service I provide is one that makes you feel good, but that's the same as a service you get from a restaurant or a massage or you know a you know a doctor or going to a movie. You know, a lot of the time, if it's a good one, you know, or a concert, you know. And these are all very skilled things, much like what I do. So what 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 do you, what exactly do you do? You 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 just said you tell people what they want to hear, right? There's more That's to it than that. There's more to it than that. Like like what? It's there's it's artful. So you're you just you tell a story. There is a story aspect, but it, it involves investigating other realities. You know, discovering. But any them. story I tell is another reality, though. Yes, technically. So anybody who tells a story is investigating another reality. But they're not doing it on purpose, you know. And I do it on purpose, so. So you, so your clients are paying for it to be on purpose. They're paying for a skilled extra historian to ply his field. I I feel like a licensed extra historian, by the way. No, I I know you're licensed because you you pretty much gave yourself the license. Well, yes. I feel like maybe you're making it seem a little bit more academic and qualified than people might think it was. Well, are you qualified to do it? No, I never got... Wait, hold on. I'm going to write a qualification now. No, no, no. Because wait, no. Now I'm qualified by the Emperor's Institute. What's that? I just made it. No, 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 no. You can't make it up. I, why not? First of all, who's the Emperor? The Emperor of New York. There isn't one. I've done my Now research. there is. I have declared myself the Emperor. There is a real Queen of England. In this reality, there is. Yes. And I... In- Work for her. In the reality I am talking about, there is an emperor of New York. But it's a different reality. That shouldn't matter in extra history. So you're saying you're accredited by an re- emperor from another reality, and he's accredited you across realities. Yes. Well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
but I still know that I have more practice and therefore more experience. So I'm, I, I believe I'm more skilled than you are. I think sometime Jordan might be saying that it's a little bit, it's a little bit immoral because you're making people pay for something that shouldn't cost that much money. You're just making them pay you money for something they think is a very specialized skill, and then you just tell them whatever they want to hear to make them happy. Instead no, of- no, no, that's not. That's not what I said. But that's what it sounds like sometimes. But it's not the truth. That's what you know. I don't. It, it doesn't bother me what it sounds like, right? Because what I know what's really going on, right? I'm experienced. I'm discovering things. Someday, now that you're accredited with enough experience, maybe you'll understand, right? Okay. Well, may, I'll I'll look forward to that because right now it's it seems like any anybody could be accredited. No, you have to actually be. I was accredited, and you but would there know. Is, you were there accredited is, by yes, an emperor. No, I, yes. But there is a universe where everybody is accredited. But that's not this universe. No, I know. But you don't be universist. I'm not. In the universe where everyone's an extra historian, the skill is not very useful because everyone can do it for themselves. But this is not that universe. In this universe, there's not that many of us. You know? You've joined a very elite club, and I think you'll find it's very lucrative. Well, I, I'll, maybe it should be more about the search for truth than, than lucre. Um, it is about search for truth. And Luca is on the side. Look, listen, do you want to make money or not? You said you lost your job. Well, I, I got this new one, but it's just everyone is, is volunteering all the time, so nobody's been, been getting any, any work. Well, you know, you could go to them and say to them, if you're really upset about this morality machine, I have something that might be able to cheer you up. It's called Extra History, and I think you'll find it quite comforting. For a small fee, we can explore With, other worlds. I would just be taking advantage of them being upset no, to you'd make be making them happy. You'd be making them happy. But I'd at what use, cost? Yeah, I'd be using the fact... That they were upset just to get money for me. And you'd be making them happy, so it's okay. Jordan, what would the machine say? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, making people happy is good. I'm not stealing their money because they know that I'm saying I'm an extra historian, I'm doing an extra historical reading, and that it's going to make them feel better. And then they give me the money, and I am an extra historian, and I do the extra historical reading, and it does make them feel better. Everything is on the up and up. They've received exactly what they were promised, and they've gotten exactly what they expected, and they gave exactly what they knew they were giving willingly. Maybe maybe then we should just tell everyone that there is no morality machine, and... There's no chance the world will ever blow up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why would we tell them that? that first of all, that because would be a lie. That would make them happy, though. But it would be lying to them to make them happy. But are we sure that lying is immoral? Absolutely. I program the machine. Lying okay. is high yeah. on the list of immoral things. So it has to be absolutely truthful that extra history is a useful skill. What do you mean? If, if, we, if we're selling it and saying that, saying that it's worth money, that has to be the truth for it to be moral. Well, how is something defined as being worth money? I mean, I think the true measure of someone, something's worth is whether someone will pay for it. So Yeah, that's true. I guess, I guess Jordan, you made, you made extra history moral. I didn't exactly do that. You but- set the guidelines up for the machine. Okay, well, just because he's not lying. Well, I'm not lying. So- right, but I'm, I'm saying, okay, so you're not lying to people saying that you're doing something you're not. Well, except that, I mean, it's not true. The things you say aren't true. Yes, but I think they are. But you're saying things, you're, you're saying, in, in essence, I'm going to make up some stories about other worlds, and you're going to pay me for it because they'll make you feel good. Because they're true. In other worlds. Yes. But they're not true in other worlds, is the thing. What do you mean? I mean, there's not, you, you could say there's another, I mean, Charles can say there's another world where there's an emperor of extra history that granted him a license, but it's not necessarily true. It might be true. 
But there's no way of knowing that, and mathematics does not prove it like you think it does. Well, I think it does, so therefore I'm not lying. But you've just decided to think it was, so you wouldn't be lying. Decided to think it was? That's like saying, I, I decided to think the world was round, or I decided so, to think the sky is blue. So why, why do you think... It proves that. Show me the math. The math is, there's an infinite number of universes. Why? Therefore, why is there an infinite number of universes? What do you mean, why? How do we know? That's something you'll have to ask God, my friend. I don't, I don't, I can't just ask God things. Well, but he's the only one with the answer. So, there's an infinite number of universes, right? And therefore, any universe we can conceive of is one of them. Jordan. Yes? I, I don't think I buy what he's saying. No, because he's, because it's wrong. It's not wrong. Why are you putting him on your podcast? He's a friend. He, okay. You're a friend. I mean. Yeah. He's been on the no, podcast I, the whole time. No, I, I like him on the podcast. I like hearing his He provides a service. Shows. No, I, I, I like hearing his contributions. It's just that now that with the morality machine, maybe we shouldn't be spreading immoral things. It's not immoral. I believe it. If I'm not lying, it doesn't count as immoral. I, okay, he's kind of right. I mean, that's part of the yeah. reason that everything is being watched, right? So it can get this, the, the context. Yeah. And if the machine really thinks he's telling, he, he believes it, it, it won't count it as immoral. Oh, okay. Well, I guess as long as he doesn't, he doesn't well, take advantage of people intentionally ever you know what actually let me let me rephrase that it won't count it as very immoral oh so we're it's kind of because i mean but we're it, also doing a service by entertaining people with with his that's true day. and that's yeah. going to be positive but at the same time he's got this willful ignorance thing going on that's a little immoral oh. that's not fair willful ignorance no 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 technically yes i think that's what i'm saying yes well i i don't want to make the world blow up so then well, don't then- do yeah, it. Just, yeah. yeah. Be, but I just... Moral. I, look, Charles. Charles, a minute ago, remember you said that he made um, extra history moral? Remember that? Oh, I... But then I asked him that, and then he kind of... He wavered on it. But you said it, so were you lying? I was at, I was, I was putting forth a hypothesis. But were you lying? It was, a, it was a question. It was a hypothesis. It wasn't a question. It was I a meant hy- it to be... I, was, I meant it to be a question. Were you right or wrong? About it being a question? No, I was about, right that it was a question. About it being... About him making extra history more. I was probing with that. I was probing Jordan, saying, did you... No, so, no, you, no, made, you made it moral, huh? No, no, that's not what you said, actually. You said, you made it moral, period. Then I guess... Then I guess I was I was I was I was wrong, but now I've seen the error of my ways. But when you said it, were you lying? No, I was just incorrect. Well, if I'm but incorrect, not, not which willfully. I'm not, if I'm incorrect, which I'm not, right? Yeah. Then I'm not lying. But he said you had willful ignorance. But he's wrong, and he's not lying either. But he's wrong. Okay, so it it sounds like you guys agreed to disagree. Well, hold on. What does that mean? Agree? I don't agree to disagree. I want him to agree with me. But I'm not going to. So I don't agree to disagree. I disagree. Sounds like you guys just are at an impasse, though. I disagree with disagreeing. What is loggerheads? Loggerheads means you're you're not going to move forward against each other because of logs. Because like when two logs are, are moving together. What? Are you serious? <laughs> is this a thing? Two have logs. You ever, have, you, have you ever heard of being at loggerheads? I assumed it was a place where people drink beer. <laughs> and then their log and their logger has a head on it. <laughs> exactly. Or that's just the name of the the bar. Oh, okay. We're going to go to Loggerheads tonight. That's a pretty good name for a bar. <laughs> Maybe you should start it. <laughs> yes. And you could do your extra history there, yes. Yes. Yes, I could. No, why'd, I you have to, why'd you have to bring it all down, Rory? Why'd you have to bring us down with that? Sorry. So, Charles, um, we've got some serials to get to. So why don't we get to it? Yes, let's do it. Um, you have provided us with uh, an episode of Slam Jackson, Adventurist. Yes. And an episode of Nathan, well, Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten. Yes. Um, and they both feature Nathan Bennett. They do. This For those of you who like crossovers and fan wank. Although it's they, like, re, it's retro fan wank because you said it was yes. written before the other show was existing. That's true. That's true. So it's like discovering 
something from back in the history of the show that you didn't even know was there, where these characters met. Excellent. Let's get right to it. All right. This is episode 12 of Slam Jackson Adventurist, The Dungeon Delvers. All right. Slam Jackson. Adventurist! By Charles Berman, Pete Bowers, and Daniel Schwartz. Episode 12, The Dungeon Delvers. Our story begins in a comfortably furnished basement where famed dungeon master Nathan Van Etten. Hey, everyone. Wait, who said that? Is even now finishing preparations for this evening's game. Okay, I have dice, miniatures, tiles, chips, soda, funyuns, my necessary protective screen... Uh, you don't really need that. Hey! Who is the Nathan Van Etten here? It is not you, mister. He's got you there, Dan. That I do. Let's get started. When we ended last week, we were about to enter the Hall of Murderousness, which is known as Murder Hall in the Elflands. What order will you be entering in? My barbarian, Axe Smash Thing, will take point. Are you sure? Stephen Rogue can check for traps better. I have nine ranks. That's what you said last time, and we know what happened. Yeah. Oh, no, whatever. seriously. I can't believe you, you know, did that. It, happens it was one just. Time and, and then you know what happened? Slam Jackson happened, is what happened! Hey. Slam Jackson? Oh. Uh. Oh, Slam! What are you doing here in this place at this time? Well, I missed last week. Nemesis, you know. You know how it goes. Didn't want to miss two in a row. Why? Well, I've done some research. I think I know how these dice work now. Always investigating, huh? Anyway, did I miss anything? Unfortunately, no, Slam. Okay, good. I've got an idea for a new character. Here's the sheet. Where deity is not a class. By Thor's hammer. Look, there are 80 of these freaking books. I can't read all of them. You're only supposed to read the player's manual. Then what are the other 79 for? Uh, just let him do it. We'll be here all night otherwise. Okay, so your party is joined by a were-deity wielding a... A plus three Death Star of Wounding?! It's the ultimate power in the universe. Not exactly man-portable. Were-deity. Right. No, wait. That's a good point. Make a strength check. It's right there on the paper. I'm really strong. No, you icon of imbecility. You roll the dice. Oh, right. I'm number one! No, you rolled a one. Same thing. Not at all. Praise Thor! How unfortunate. You are crushed beneath the weight of your moon-sized blaster weapon. This is why we should play without dice. Oh, slam! How your words rip at my ear holes! Your character's corpse is lost beneath the space station you once held. Crap. Anybody want to play Scrabble? Let's enter the murder hall. Do you speak Elvish? Sorry. The Hall of Murderousness. I thought so. Will anybody resurrect Slam? No. no! Very well. I guess you can go now, Slam. Okay, I'll see you guys next week. <sighs> Will they see him next week? Who shall wield the mighty plus three Death Star of Wounding? Are there enough Funyuns for everybody? I brought plenty. 
The excitement will continue next time on Nathan Van Etten! Dungeon Master! Wait, what? Oh! I mean, Slam Jackson! Adventurist! In that episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was Jack Kunrad, Nathan Van Etten was Mickey Weishner, Mickey was Mickey Weishner, Dan was Daniel Schwartz, Cheryl was Cheryl Casey, and Julia was Julia Kelly. Thank you. Hello, I'm Rory Sinjin, and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. On April 11, 1970, Apollo 13, the third lunar landing mission, is successfully launched from Cape Canaveral, Florida. After an oxygen tank exploded two days later, however, the new mission objective became to get the Apollo 13 crew home alive. Uh, Houston, we have a quandary. Define quandary, if you will, please, sir. Uh, quandary. Uh, questioning problem that is perplexing the crew? Uh, I'm sorry, we've had a lot of needle sharing going on down here, and uh, we need a further definition of the word quandary. Over. Jim? What do you, what do you define quandary as? We define, we define quandary as friends don't let friends share needles. Uh, Roger. Uh, we'll keep that in mind, and uh, good luck on your re-entry, Ben. It's getting hard to breathe up here. If Houston had not shared needles, the AIDS epidemic would not have broken out all throughout NASA, and all the scientists would not have died before they could stop the imminent Martian invasion. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But don't splash down just yet. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Gas and Wax. The Martians came to Earth, found all the dirty needles sitting around in NASA, said, My goodness, we'd certainly like to shoot up some of this. Why don't we just use these needles here? They stuck them into the people who were dead and dying, took out some of their blood, and just injected it into themselves. They thought perhaps people had drugs for blood. They were wrong. People don't have drugs for blood. People put drugs into their blood, and it's not the right thing to do. So the fact is that not only did they use dirty needles, they dirtied their dirty needles with dirty blood of dirty scientists. The Martians realized they were not getting any buzz from this, but they were getting hideous diseases. Fortunately for them, unfortunately for us, their medical science was much more advanced and they were able to cure those diseases in themselves. They decided to punish the people, though, for tricking them and giving them diseases by disintegrating every human being on sight. When all of humanity was gone, the Martians took over the planet and reformed a society that was slightly in the Earth image, but was really more of a theme park resort. Martians, I salute you. You are very wise not to shoot up with dirty needles after, you know, your one incident where you learned that you shouldn't do so. My name is Royce Engine, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten by Pete Bowers, Charles Berman, and Daniel Schwartz. Episode 6 Poverty Petrifies Nathan Van Etten Poverty is the social affliction that affects those with no money. There is no surer way to achieve poverty than to have no cash. Sometimes, those stricken with poverty attempt to acquire money, thereby obviating their poverty. One person who has never encountered these things is Nathan Van Etten. Oh, invisible talking man! How was your no-body time today? Lovely, Nathan. How do we find you? 
The phone book? GPS? I meant what are you doing? Oh, I'm walking down the street trying to find a fourth for this afternoon's game of Settlers of Catan. Ah, games. Few things have such rich opportunity for victory or defeat. Can't argue there. But without four players, we would be forced to play as only three. And let me tell you, that would suck. It would indeed, Nathan. Sucking is the way we are certain that something does not rule. For without enough players... Change, mister? No, I will never compromise my principles. Huh? Why are you having a picnic on the sidewalk? And why does it smell so bad? If this were a picnic, there would be food. Yeah, why don't you have food at your picnic? You're a jackass. But wait! What is this sign I spy at your picnic? Is it true that you will work for food? Uh, yeah. I have always thought people worked for money. That's what the people I've met with jobs tell me. I'm sure. Anyway, it's lucky I stumbled over you, picnic man. Yeah, watch where you're going. Your sign has given me an idea. Come with me. Uh, sure. We're playing settlers. Let's go to your place. Where do you live? Um... Back there? You live in the Chase Bank building? Are you a banker? I was. Did you stop because you were sleeping at work? Something like that. It's a good thing you stopped then. Sleeping at work is dangerous. Look, jackass, I don't know why you're making fun of me. I live behind a bank. I've got no money, no food, and no place to live. If you've got work for me, great. If not, leave me alone. First, my name is not Jack. Secondly, I know what it is to have no money. But why wouldn't you want a place to live? Are you some kind of hippie? I'm leaving. No, wait, unhomed guy. We can play at my place. It's cool. I'll order pizza and we'll play. Pizza? Okay. All right. Settlers of Catan, a game of exploration and trade. What kind of pizza? Focus, guy. You do know the rules, right? To what? To Settlers of Catan. Is that like Canasta? Not at all! First, we take a bunch of cardboard hexagons and make a single, larger hexagon from them. Look, I'll just follow your lead. Darn right you will! Here is my house, where I live. It is made of dead trees, and for that, I apologize. I hope your weird lifestyle will allow you to enter. I should have just gone to the soup kitchen. Your kitchen only makes soup? Mine is much more versatile. No wonder you left your house! Take a look, we've got all sorts of kitchen things. Yeah, mind if I grab something? Oh, there's nothing worth eating in there. Just some vegetables and some fruit that my mom bought. Farmer's market, of course. Besides, I don't want to make a mess. My mom gets mad when I cook. Ever since I got marshmallow fluff in the rice cooker. I'll just order pizza. Could you get that? I'm on the phone. Uh, sure. Oh, uh, hey. Is Nathan here? Uh, is that his name? Yeah, he's ordering pizza. Cool. I'm Todd, by the way. I'm Todd, too. Cool. Todd Witherspoon. Todd Brady. Ah, good. You're both introduced. Ah, now, I need a name to tell you apart. You'll be homeless, Todd. And you'll be... Um... Psoriasis, Todd. Hey. Hey. Focus, Todds. We've got some Catans to settle. Oh, good, my pizza! Hey, Nate, got your favorite. You will find it is Nathan, pizza friend. You'll find it's Steve, Nathan. Duly noted. Have a good night! God, of all my friends, he is the least likable. 
Anyway, let's eat while we wait for our fourth. God, what is that unholy stench? You mean the healthy aroma of a mayonnaise and salmon jerky pizza? Jesus Christ, tell me you're joking. Pizza is one thing I never joke about, my vagrant friend. You know what? I haven't eaten in two days, and this isn't even worth it. I'm out of here. Come back! We can trade wood for sheep! Screw you. Well, psoriasis Todd. I mean, just Todd. You might as well go. Nathan, I biked four miles to get here. Do you still have the bike? Solitude, the loneliest feeling, for it is when no one else is there that we can truly be alone. As Nathan's friend Todd cycles into the night, we are reminded of how dark it is. There are lessons to be taken- Oh, I think I know what they are! Do go on, Nathan. Never offer food to the homeless. They will taunt you with promises of friendship in Catan. And then they'll just leave and ruin your game. But you will get a whole mayo and salmon jerky pizza to yourself. Sucks to be you, homeless Todd! And so, we leave Nathan, warm and secure, inside his family's paid-for home and salivating over a truly revolting pizza. Okay, so none for you, incorporeal guy! We're reminded of just how some have homes, and how some, the homeless, do not. Perhaps you will be at home when you join us for our next Lesson from the Life of Nathan Van Etten. In that Lesson from the Life of Nathan Van Etten, the narrator was Jack Kudnad, Nathan Van Etten was Mickey Weishner, Homeless Todd was Patrick Maguire, Psoriasis Todd was Bailiff Quimby, and Steve was Pete Bowers. Thank you very much, Rory, and welcome back, everybody. We still are here with uh, Mr. Rory Sinjin. Hello. Mr. Scapewhite. Hi, guys. I'm still here, I guess. And um, Charles Berman. Hi, everybody. Uh, Scape, why are you not paying attention to the podcast? Because you guys talk about stuff I don't care about. That's why. Well, that's not nice. Actually, oh, actually... That's a good point, Charles. Yeah. It's not nice of him to ignore us. Whoa, that's true. So but what? I think I maybe maybe he's ignoring us because he doesn't know why he should. He doesn't know any better. Yeah, I don't. I don't know of a reason maybe why. He, th- he thinks it's the right thing to do. It seems right to me, yeah. Well, it's not. But he thinks it is. He thinks it's okay. Oh, but you know what? I already said it's not going to judge him because he's a cat. Oh, yeah, that's true. What's not going to judge me? What? The machine's not going to judge him. Why machine? See, he doesn't even know about it, so. Escape. The, we d- we had a like forty minute conversation about a morality machine. Are you not listening? No. <sighs> you know, Scape. Once upon a time, I told you, and you must have forgotten. I told you that if you paid attention during the podcast and were peppy and excited during the podcast, I would give you treaties after we recorded. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Well, if, did you ever wonder why you don't get treaties after every podcast? Why? But did did I just explain why? Did I? Charles, did I miss something? I, I understand. I followed the, the the logic there. Can you explain the logic to him? He says, yeah. if you if you pay attention, you're yeah. going to get treaties. Okay. So if you don't get treaties, that means you didn't pay attention. Oh, that's not fair. That That's what he was saying the whole time. That's not fair. Because I, what if I, I swear, if I do get treaties, that means I did pay attention. Jordan, you told him if he, if he did pay attention, he would get treaties. Yes. You didn't, you didn't tell him if he didn't pay attention, he wouldn't get treaties. Yeah, that's the kind of a, like, it's like a, it's what we in the logic business call a corollary. Yeah, I, see, I would have assumed that if you told it to me. Well, I didn't assume that. Okay, dad, that's unfair. I think you are obligated to give me treaties. No. How? No. I will. Ob- I'm obligated to give you treaties if you pay attention and are peppy. That's why you now have to be peppy if you want to get those treaties. See, what? I think he's laid it out for you completely now. See, he did, maybe he didn't give you all the terms before, and you could kind of argue you didn't understand, even though I got it. But now he laid it out for you. That's 
Yeah, but I'm, but I'm arguing now that it's not fair. I should get treaties anyway. Because how many times did I not get treaties when I didn't know why I didn't get treaties? How about that? I, I, 103. Maybe less than that, but. Okay, yeah, probably less than that. But I, that means I, I'm owed a lot of treaties, don't you think? Was there a deal that you would get treaties for every time you didn't know why you didn't get treaties? No, not explicitly, but there was a deal that when I pay attention, I get treaties. So I should have been getting treaties, I thought. All the time. But you didn't pay attention all the time. Yeah. See, maybe you should just put the past behind you and, and work for the future to get <laughs> uh, treaties. All right. Here's what we're going to say, Scape. Here's the new deal, okay? Okay. What's the new deal? All treaties of the past are gone. Okay. From this point on, if you want to get treaties after this podcast, you have to be peppy and interested. <sighs> all right. Let's do this. Do what? Uh, okay. Dad, oh god, I'm excited for this podcast. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, he sounds like he's lying. You think so? He sounded a little bit like he wanted treaties more than a podcast. I do want treaties more than a podcast. Yes, is that bad? It sounds like he he just wants to be excited about the podcast, so he'll get the treaties. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, Charles. Yeah. Do you know what my favorite thing is? Moist food. Yeah, but do you know what is uh also my other favorite thing? Treaties. Yeah, but do you know what is the other Third favorite thing? Rock. Okay, yeah. But do you know what is number four other favorite thing? Scape. Yes, yes. Where are you going with this, Scape? I think I've had a lot of good guesses. <laughs> yes, you have, but okay. Here's what I'm trying to say, guys. Okay. This podcast is awesome, okay? Do you know yeah. about it? Yeah. Are you in agreement? Yes. Dad? Yes. Rory? I, did, I, knew, I'm, I don't know anymore. Okay, shut up. This awesome. Rory's out of the podcast. That's not nice, Scape. I, I remember when you were in charge of the podcast. Yes, me too. It was awesome then, too. You replace people with robots. Sometimes. I think you're good on the podcast, but I think I like real people with you better than the robot versions. What's wrong with robots? Are Nothing. You, I just like real people Are you racist? Are you racist? Against robots, yeah. maybe. Well, that's not very moral. Oh. Wait a minute. He now seems to have been paying attention. I retroactively paid attention, yes, because I was going to get treaties. Okay. You're a smart cat. No, it's just a thing I do, okay? I have good ears. Yeah, you they stick up. Yeah. Like so what happened was, okay, when dad was like, Scape, you weren't paying attention. Blah, blah, blah. Now you have to pay attention so you can get the treaties. What I did was, uh, okay, here's the thing. Do you know about science? I, I've heard about it. Right. So do you know about how, like, there's like a noise and like a noise travels like around the world very slowly? Sound waves. Yeah. Yeah. So what I did was, when dad was like, you have to pay attention, I was like, all right. And so I listened to the sound waves. From before. <laughs> Can you do that? Is that possible? Wow. Yeah, I did it. So See, I didn't even know that was that was possible, and I've heard of science. Then you should know. Well, I, yeah, I've heard of science, too. So we're all in agreement. Uh, well, I, I think it's clear somehow he heard that we were talking about moral things. I did, with science. So, yeah. Yeah. It, maybe it doesn't matter how he did. did you, I have big you ears. Know, it, it, doesn't even, it, it doesn't even matter if what he's saying is true, because... It may, he maybe thinks it's true. The machine's not going to judge him. He's a cat. Because again, if if we judged animals, they would be breaking all the moral morality rules all the time. Well, so do people. I mean, we're, right? But pe but animals can't understand why they should be good. It's unfair to make them. You know? Okay. Yeah. No. It's it all. I mean, 
it's kind of not fair to them either. If if we're so bad, the world blows up. They didn't have a chance to be good. That's true. Sorry, animals. I also eat meat. Oh. Can't all be perfect. Well, so do animals too. Yeah, that's immoral. So, um, speaking of which, uh, I actually have a couple of letters here I need oh, okay. to read. Rory, can you read this one? Uh, sure. Yes, you need me again. Fine. Uh, it's about the morality machine. It says, "Dear Mister White." I'm so glad you have invented a morality machine. For years I have been fed up with my miserable life and this hellhole of a world. For years I have hated my loathsome fellow humans, but I thought that anything I did, any murder or suicide, was but an insignificant drop in the ocean when seen against the vastness of the human race. But no more. Now every evil thing I do helps end this misery once and for all. I have killed forty people since you invented the machine, and it feels great. Woo-hoo. Wah-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Sincerely, Winston Latimer. Right. Now, okay. Winston, you are exactly the kind of person who gives people a bad name. Um, Charles, you might not know this, uh, but I'm an uh, atheist. I did know that. I know. It was just an excuse to say it out loud. Okay. Um, and a lot of – sometimes people are like, oh, without God, then there's no reason to, to, to behave all the time. And I'll just go crazy and kill everyone. Well, those people who say that are terrible, I guess. Or because well, they're only scared. They they the way it sounds like they're only scared into being good by right. being God. Now this guy is like them in that here he is giving everybody a bad name. You're supposed to recognize the value of this, but he clearly doesn't. Now here's the deal, uh, Winston. Everything you do is still just an insignificant drop in the ocean of uh, the vastness of the human race. You've been killing that's, forty that's, people. That's, is that really gonna well? Maybe now that'll be good to, for him to hear. I'm just saying. I, yeah. Look, I'm not trying to cheer him up. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to stop killing people. <laughs> if it's if I do that by depressing him, that's fine. Yeah, You're still insignificant is my point. Because <laughs> here you go. You said you've killed 40 people. Right now we're at 2,573. That's higher than it was at the beginning of the podcast. So clearly we've been doing something right. The point is, you've been killing people. It's not bringing us down, friend. People are still good overall. People are still good. But it's not good that he's been killing 40 no. people. No, it's not good. It's not good. And you know what we should do? We should stop him. Yep. I wish we'd known about it sooner. We have, a po- we have an email. That's pretty yeah. soon. After he con- 40 he- people are dead. Look, he confessed. And obviously, he's pretty good at killing people. Okay? He killed 40 people without anybody noticing that it was him. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. So he's good at it. That's not the morality machine's fault. That's the fault. This is a dis- disappointment of the criminal justice system. But now we've got his name, Winston Latimer. Police, please go after him and um, stop him. Failing that, listen, if you are, listen, I don't recommend this because I'm a moral person. I don't recommend this. But technically, if anybody knows him, wait for a good day, kill him. Wait a minute. Yeah. Jordan, you just said to kill a person. No, I don't recommend. I said I don't recommend oh, okay. Because I'm a moral person. Why did you say to do it, though? I'm not saying do it. I'm saying you could. Because, again, the morality well, machine... Why did you even mention that you could do it? Listen... You're just giving people the idea to do it. In some ways, it goes without saying, doesn't it? I mean... Yeah. Everybody like knows when, they can kill somebody. Like when people say, you know, this is just my opinion. Of course it's your opinion. You're the one saying it. Okay. So, it's not my opinion, <laughs> even though I said it. But my point is, the morality machine, if you look at the machine, it's, it's, on, it's up. It's, it's doing well. Well, you can you kill know, this bad guy who's doing bad things and bringing everyone down. You know, you could have some ice cream tonight. Yeah. I, no, I can't. I don't, well, I, I could go to 7-Eleven and get some. Yeah. All right. Because you recommended it. I will. No, I, I wouldn't recommend it. You don't recommend it? Why? Well, I don't know if you like ice cream. I do. But you, well, I, I don't really care if you have ice cream or not. That's, that's very cold of you. 
Well, I mean, you might like keeping that money that you would spend on the ice cream better than you would like having ice cream. Well, I can make my decisions for myself, thank you. I was just mentioning that you could you could if you wanted to have some ice cream. That's true. I've got another email here. Okay, what does it say? This one's to Rory, um, so I'll, uh, I'll read it, I guess. Okay. Dear Mr. Sinjin, I don't want this to come off in the wrong way, because I really enjoy you on the show this day and history and stuff. However, I was pretty offended last week when you suggested that I had to be either gay or a hun. As it happens, I am Irish. I happened to be visiting my friend at the time, Slam Jackson, and I shouldn't have to have the fact that it didn't work out between us dredged up again and again just because you think we might be gay. Thanks, Hunter Fitzgerald. Rory, bigot. Now, hang on. I did not say I was bigoted. I said maybe Slam Jackson was bigoted, and he called him a hun. I didn't call him a hun. He's not a hun, apparently. Uh, his, his name is Hunter. So you think he was just calling him hun? Hun, hun short for Hunter? It could easily be. Short for that. So so he doesn't have to be gay at all? Well, hang on. But what about when he said it didn't work out between us? I don't know what that means. It sounds like, you know. Maybe being friends didn't work out for them. Who says that? I don't know. I don't know this guy. This friendship isn't working out between us. I mean, of course, friendships are between people, but that's not how people put things. Not, not usually. Not ever. <laughs> not that I've heard, no. All right. Maybe they were, maybe it was a business partnership. I don't know. I don't know this guy. I don't know. I don't know if he's gay. Goodness gracious. Uh, we have two other emails we should get to. Charles, do you want to read one? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see if I, can, if I can find it. Now, this one, uh, Charles, this one's a little, little on the long side. You think you can handle it? I, I can, I'm literate. I can do it. Let's You're literate. Okay. Yeah, I can read. All right. Yeah, I've heard of Frank Allen. Here in the Northwest and west of the Rockies, generally, Indian people regard Frank Allen with great respect. He is seen as a special kind of being because of his obvious close relationship with humans. Some elders regard him as standing on the border between human-style consciousness and a self-centered, hypocritical, propaganda-laced diatribe, which gives him a special kind of power. But special being as he is, I never heard anyone from a Northwestern tribe suggest that Frank Allen is anything other than a physical being, living in the same physical dimensions as humans and other animals. He eats. He sleeps. He poops. He cares for his family members, however among many Indians elsewhere in North America, as widely separated as the Hopi, the Sioux, the Iroquois, and the Northern Athabascan. Frank Allen is seen more as a sort of supernatural or spirit being, whose appearance to human is always meant to convey some kind of message. The Lakota, or Western Sioux, call Frank Allen Uza Heyoka. Uza means buttocks, and Heyoka means face. In English, though, the Sioux usually call him Frank, sometimes Mr. Allen. It is said that he is a kind of reptile from the ancient times who can take a big, hairy form. I also think he can change into a coyote if given proper circumstances and inspiration. Some of the people who saw him did not respect what they were seeing, and they, they are already gone. Probably elsewhere doing mundane things like grocery shopping at work or back in their homes. So, so yeah, I know Frank Allen. Always present. Ever waiting. Patient as the earth mother as she accepts the sun's golden rays each new coming day. He is a brother. He is a moose. He is a force of nature to tell your children and your children's children about. If you are going downhill and are on a destructive path, that's when Frank Allen will appear as an omen. Do not look him directly in the eyes and everything will be all right. He is a sign of chaos. He is a sign of change. 
Too often our people have strayed from a good path, a righteous path, so far to the point that they forget that Frank Allen is indeed a special and insidious warning. Too caught up in the sway of what is or isn't proper morality to overlook the glaring lack of ethics that allowed for a creature such as Frank Allen to be born into this world. But if you listen closely, on dark and hopeless nights you can still hear him. A pause in the night and a click of a tape recorder. The time for change is near. Oh, yes, you can bet your moist cat food that the time for change is near. Very impressive. Very impressive. Um, I don't even know where that came from. That just mysteriously showed up in my inbox. I think it's an Indian legend. Right, but do they email Indian legends nowadays? <laughs> somebody somebody did. I guess so. Well, that was a very dramatic reading. Um, in answer to the question, uh, there was no question. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's some interesting information. But you know what? I think part of that was about us because we were caught up in the sway of what is or isn't proper morality. And I think we were overlooking what it said. It could be a... Re- do you think the Indians came up with a legend in response to, to, to your podcast? To what we just did in this podcast live just now. Yeah. I mean, that would be really fast legend making. Maybe they have time machines. I, I haven't heard about that. The legend of the time machine? <laughs> no, I've heard stories about time machines that you could call a legend. You've heard tell of this time machine that I've spoken <laughs> of? I've heard of the idea of a time machine. So then maybe that's what it is. But I don't think... I think those were all fiction. This legend? Time machines. If time machines are fiction, then this must be fiction. This doesn't have a time machine in it. But it's a legend. Yes. He's got maybe, you. He's got you there. Maybe legends aren't meant to be true or false. Hey, guys, you know what? I just want to tell you something. Yeah. This conversation is awesome. Thanks. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thanks, Gabe. Yeah, keep it up. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So I'm just going to keep listening. I, I'm glad you like it, Scape. Good. You're like an audience identification figure. <laughs> do you believe him? Do I believe it's awesome? Yeah. Oh, but do you believe he thinks that it's awesome? I think maybe he, he just, I think maybe he's, he's choosing to mention it because he wants moist food and treaties. No, I just really love it. Even if you weren't giving me treaties, I would be like wrapped attention. Maybe we should take him at his word, Jordan. I mean, how do we prove that he's lying? By not giving him treaties. No! That, well, see, that would be guilty until proven innocent. Wait, yeah. what do you mean? We would be punishing him for lying. No, no, I mean, have- if he's saying he'd, he'd listen even without treaties. Oh. But I would prefer to have listening and treaties. Come on. That's true. That's fair. He's, he's a good cat. You think so? He's good at music. Hey! Yes, I'm very good at music. He's a, he's a good cat at music. Yeah. All right. You did a song, so. One more letter. Dear Mr. Sinjin, thank you for contracting my services in regard to finding your friend Frank Allen. I am ready to begin my investigation. Normally, I start by finding out as much as I can about the person being investigated. As Mr. Allen's good friend, I am sure you can help provide me information about his character and where he would be likely to go. Would you like to set up an appointment, or would you prefer to continue to correspond via email? Sincerely, Slam Jackson, Private Investigator. Rory, what do you think? Well, what I was thinking, Mr. Jackson, was I can send you a link. I'll, I've, I'll email him a link to uh, the podcast, because there's a hundred and, what is this, a hundred and four, hundred and three, hundred and three podcasts that he can listen to that, I think, very in-depth show what Frank Allen is like. That's a lot of, that's a lot of work. Is it? I mean, it's, it's not work because it's fun, but it's a lot, of, it will take a lot of time. hundred and, let's say a hundred and ten, hundred twenty hours, something like that. Yeah, that's several work weeks. Several? Well, hold on. I'm, 
Look, let's oh, if see he does here. a forty-hour day, one hundred and twenty divided by forty, that would be like three full weeks of work. No, it'd be three 40. full. Oh yeah, weeks, forty hours a week, right? Yeah. Well, it's worth it to find Frank Allen, isn't it? Well, yeah, but it just like maybe if he's in danger, that would slow down the process of finding him. If we just have slam listening to three weeks of podcast. Well, what's the other option? I have to talk about him. I don't think so. That's, that's I think it sounded like that was what he was suggesting. Yes, but he could just find out for himself. He's an investigator. Come on. That's true. I mean, it's. I mean, you, it's just like maybe we wanted to make him his job easy for him so he could find Frank. All right. Well, what does he want to know? Is he a douche? Yes. Well, that, that makes him easy to find. He, he likes to host things. You know, he he's not very good at it. He screws over his friends. He's not a very good interviewer. I mean, what else is there? Well, I, I, you know, I think Slam will probably get the idea. From that. Well, you know him too, Charles. What did you? I mean, what do you think of him, Frank? I, I mean, it's those things you said were true with a slam. Like I, I got along well with Frank. He, he did a couple interviews on my show. He, 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 he does like to host things. Yeah, and he does do interviews, and he does screw over his friends. Yeah, he does do that. I mean, it's it's very nice of us to be looking for him, even though he screws over his friends. I mean, he he abandoned the podcast when he had money. Remember that. Yeah, and then he came back when he had no money. Do you think he? Do you think he got money again somehow? If he got money, why wouldn't it have been him that was sending me a check instead of Rory? Wait, what does he have to do with the check that you got? No, I'm just saying Rory has money, so Rory gave me money. Why wouldn't Frank give me money? If he I didn't money? give you that money, someone else did. Like who? Someone who stole my checkbook. Wait, didn't Rory? Didn't didn't Frank Allen steal your checkbook? Did he? Well, that was something. That was that, that letter last week. Yes, we got a letter from someone saying Frank Allen had a check with my name on it. Did you did you give him a check before he left? No, I didn't to give him at a, at a strip club. No, I didn't give him a check. No, he was at my house and he took my checkbook. Perhaps I don't know. I don't use checks anymore. Who does? Come on. Then why did you have a checkbook? I had it from back when I used to have checks. But I I use checks to pay to 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 pay rent and and things and. Well, that's very quaint of you. But the point is, if Frank Allen took my checkbook, maybe he gave a check to someone who sent you this letter. Maybe that's right. So whoever, whoever sent me the letter knows where Frank is. Yes. So maybe you should talk to Slam Jackson. You must know him. You work on his show. Yeah, I, I know Slam. That's a good clue. But in addition, Slam, I think you should listen to the podcast. There's a lot of good information in there. So maybe if you just get like a uh, MP3 player and, you know, load it up with Cast and Wax, and just as you're going about your business, you listen to it, you know, and you'll hear things about Frank Allen as you're walking around, you know. Maybe she should just start with listening to all the Frank Allen interviews or something, just to keep it with Frank-related. But then he would miss all of the parts where, with Tractor Fiction and Debatatorium and the parts where he's bickering with me. Oh, well, those are all good. I yes. mean, yeah. he should. I think maybe he should start with, if he's just trying to get the Frank-related things, maybe he should start with Frank things. But again, then he'll miss the part where Frank gets money and leaves and the part where we talk about oh, that's true. the shows that he makes when he rips us all off. Right, and he'll miss the part where Scapey takes over the show and Frank, you know, tries to rebel against him and is replaced by a robot. It'll miss all of that stuff. Yeah, I guess he should listen to it all. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. He must I, have I mean, a pod. All his evidence. He must have an iPod, right? I think he uses CDs. Whoa. Seriously? Yeah. That's old school. Well, a lot of the episodes can fit on a CD. There's a, there's some that don't, yeah. though. Yeah. Because I, I originally started the podcast saying I wanted every episode to fit on a CD. But there's... Yeah. A, there's let me, in fact, let me look. I'll, I can tell you how many. Uh, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, <laughs> 14, maybe, maybe 16 episodes that can't fit on a cd i can split those to two cds for him okay great that's a lot of cds rory will pay you back oh, no thanks. i won't no i already gave him 800 dollars. that'll cover it oh but then he's not uh, getting a full 800 yeah 800 minus like the 
ten dollars for the CDs. Th- did you? Isn't he, isn't Frank Allen's friendship worth ten dollars to you? I, I don't place a value on friendship. Good. See, Rory. So you want me to send him another check for ten dollars? Well, you know what? I can't because I don't have a checkbook anymore because someone stole it. So there oh. you are. Yeah. Well, you should you should get a new checkbook in case you need to write a check. Fine, but in the meantime, you'll have to pay for the CDs. I'm sorry. Oh, I okay. I'll 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 front the the money for the CDs. No, I'm saying you have to pay for it permanently. You said in the meantime. It's a very mean time. Yes, it is, <laughs> Rory. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, let's. Uh, well, I guess that we should really wrap it up. I don't even know if this episode is going to fit on a CD. It's <laughs> long, um, but it was a lot of fun. Thank yes. you for this for being on the show, Charles. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Um, and uh, good to talk to you, Rory. Yes, it's good to talk to you too. Please, you know, use that money to get a job that supports you, please. Okay. I mean, there's a, a lot of jobs are now they're just giving their money away instead of hiring people. Well, they're listen, you you should talk to those people and tell them that's not what the morality machine wants. I'll try. Okay. I'll try. Tell it's them you I, you play them this episode of the podcast, man. You when you're I, buying CDs, yeah. buy some extra CDs and copy this one and give it out. I, okay. It's not that much money. You, you, they sell them in packs of a lot, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get one of those real big spools of them. Anyway, uh, I'm about to play another ukulele is for cover song. It's uh, Ben Folds' song called Landed. It was requested by Mr. Aaron Gold. Uh, he requested that I play Ben Folds. If you've got a request for an artist that you'd like me to do a cover of, not for a song, but for an artist or, or group or something, uh, you can send it to me at castandwax at gmail.com. Oh, and you can email us about lots of things, right, Charles? Absolutely. You can email about... Anything in the world. You could email and say, Jordan and Rory and Scape, what do you think about mushrooms? I like them. I don't like them, but I like this podcast. Relevant. Um, <laughs> I, I like mushrooms and this podcast. Wow. We've got the full spectrum. No, wait, because I like mushrooms and this podcast too. So we don't have a full spectrum. Thankfully, nobody yeah, but that doesn't was like just, both. <laughs> that was just an example of a kind of a, 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 the kind of out there boring question you could ask but you could write something so much more interesting than do you like mushrooms but not more interesting than this podcast it would be part of the podcast once they read it on the podcast yeah yeah (laughs) okay well i think we're gonna uh break scape's brain if we keep talking more rory thank you for being on the show yes thank you scapey it's totally my brother charles again thanks for having me and uh, everybody else, uh, thank you for listening. Write to us, castinwax at gmail.com. Castinwax at gmail.com. Here's Landed. Be seeing you. Thank you.
made from nothing So nothing ever made them right She liked to push me And talk me back down Till I believed I was the crazy one And in a way I guess I was Until I opened my eyes and walked out the door And the clouds came tumbling down And it's bye-bye, goodbye I tried Dreading the sea of a troubled mind Had to leave myself behind Now it's bye-bye, goodbye I tried If you wrote me off I'd understand it Cause I've been on Some other planet Come pick me up I've landed Bye. Uh-huh.